Hey, Emily. Hey, Stephanie. You uh, want to do a podcast? Absolutely. Welcome to Cycle Chats, a podcast to destigmatize what it means to be a woman. This is episode 73, Woman of the Law. In this episode, we're speaking to a woman who is on your side when the going gets tough and the tough get going. A woman who isn't afraid to stand up for a just cause. She's your lawyer's favorite lawyer. It's my underscore Detroit underscore lawyer over on the gram. Please rise and give oh, the warmest welcome to attorney Perna Kirshnamorthy. Yep. <laughs> tried. I tried so hard. I said it perfect right before we started rolling and I got nervous because I was like, I'm under oath and I don't want to like anything <laughs> up. No, no, no worries. That was really good, actually. Thank you so much. Can you please say it so that people can actually know what your last name is? Sure. Krishnamurthy. Krishnamurthy. Why was that so hard for me? God, it, it's scary. We're it's just because it's so many letters, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a really, it's a cool last name. What's, what kind of last name is that? It's Indian. My parents are Indian. Because ah. my parents are in how that works. Yeah. Already I have a question completely off off the books. Yeah. What what do your parents think of you being a lawyer? They like it. They they don't they've never told me they dislike it. They've pretty much known I was gonna be a lawyer like forever. Like since I was a child, I was like talking about being a lawyer. And I know that's like one of those really cliche things that everybody says, but I honestly have been like I've never changed what I wanted to do since I was like four years old. And I Probably didn't even know what a lawyer was when I was four, but I was like, I'm going to be a lawyer. And then here I am. Well, I, I mean, it kind of leads me right into our, our first question. What made you get into this field in particular? So I always, again, like I always knew that I wanted to be a lawyer. I didn't know at the time that I wanted to be a criminal defense attorney. And, you know, I think people that know me know that when I was in law school, I got arrested a couple times. And so I was where my clients are. And so that led me to really become super passionate about my work because I was like, oh, I see what it feels like, how you get treated when you're on the other side of the system. And I had been interning at the prosecutor's office and I was kind of seeing that side of things. And I had done a bunch of internships in law school, actually, to be fair. And out of everything I did, criminal is what interested me the most. And then after interning at the prosecutor's office, I was like, so this is very interesting, but like, I can't be the person to put someone in jail. Like, that's just not the type of person I am. That's kind of the same reason I would never want to be a judge. Like, I would just never want to be the person in the seat that's like, yeah, you, you don't get a second chance. You got to go. So all of those things, kind of the amalgam of all of those things is what led me to end up doing criminal defense work. And there's a huge need for it with the crime rates in Detroit. So seems to be working out pretty well. That is amazing. And earlier you were saying you don't even think that you knew what a, a lawyer was at four. So I wonder what it was. I mean, the first thing that of course comes to my head is like the argumentative side of it that you get to like kind of debate. That sounds very exciting. I'm assuming for a four-year-old. I, I honestly couldn't even tell you what it was when I was so young that, that like drew me to that. But every single person in my family knew that I, I would like walk around and just tell people I was going to be a lawyer when I grew up. And I don't think anyone even asked me, like, they, no one quizzed me on it. Like, well, what is a lawyer? Like, I don't know that I would have been able to answer that question. I was just like, no, nah, I'm going to do this. This is what I'm going to do. So I have no idea from a young age, I don't know what it was that sparked my interest. But I know that as I got older, like in high school, I was doing like debate team and stuff like that. So I did very much like crafting an argument and then getting to present that argument. Getting to do it in this field and the way I do it is is super exciting to me. It's very, very theatric and you get to 
use all your passion and spunk and all of those things. So I, I kind of love it. That's amazing. So before I ask one question, one popped into my head when we were going earlier, when we were going over your last name and it might be very silly, but like, does a judge ask you to say your name before they like present you in the courtroom, right? Would they do that? Like we try and do that before we bring a guest on just to make sure that we're saying it correctly. Yeah, absolutely. So every day when we start like every single brand new case, like, or not even brand new, as soon as the case is called, we have to put our appearances on the record. So I'll put my appearance on the record along with my P number. And a lot of times judges will ask me to they'll be like, wait, can you repeat that for me one more time? And I'm like, oh yeah, Krishnamurthy. And they're like, they'll most of the time still slaughter it after that because they're not looking at it. They're just hearing it. So I just roll with it though. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's fine. I remember the one time, my one fun story. One time in, I think it was fifth grade, we went to a courtroom as it was like the class trip. And there was a trial going on. We were sitting down. I'll never forget this. It was the craziest thing, but Long Island. So I guess like, one in Rome, this man had slipped on a potato in Costco and was suing them. And I'll never forget the case. It was so funny to us as fifth graders that this man had slipped on a potato and was suing Costco. That's what did he win? Did, did you guys I stay don't, that I don't remember. I don't remember that part of the story. I literally just remember why this man was here. Man, if he if he hit a lick on Costco, like that's amazing. Like go him. Well, he didn't see the potato. I, that's what I'm thinking now as an adult, as I'm reliving this story, right? Like it's a large vegetable. It's a pretty solid vegetable, right? It's not it like it was a, a boiled skin. potato. It was just like an actual potato. Yeah, it was a potato. So so like, how do you slip on a potato? So I actually, I have a question for you because this all kind of coincides not falling on the potato. There are times where people will fake injury mm. because it's also state of Florida is like so happy. I don't know what it is. Do you find that you ever have people that you're like, mm, I don't think you're being honest about this? Oh, are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> I have clients flat out lie to me about things like things that they know I'm going to find out like it is inevitable that I will find out what is really happening here and they will straight up just tell me bold-faced lies like I'm not saying all of them do it and I try very much to like build a rapport with them so that they can feel like they can be honest with me as they should be because I always remind them like you're paying me a lot of money so lying to me is not in your best interest like you should just be honest with me because I can't I can't help you if the yeah. prosecution is going to hit us with something that I have no idea is coming. So what do you do in a situation like that? It is so most of the time, like I said, the lies kind of start in the beginning. And then I, I usually clear things up by the time we're like getting to court settings or going to trial or something like that. So usually everyone's first story. And when I say everyone, I mean like those who will do the dumb thing of lying to their lawyer, like they'll start off with the lies, but eventually like as I get to discovery as I start talking to the investigators like as all of these things start piecing itself together and I start coming back to them and being like uh hey bro like that didn't really add up the math ain't mathing right now yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna need you to come clean with it like we can't do this back and forth thing so usually they'll become a little bit more like okay well this is actually what happened and I'm like bro you should have just started with that you could have saved me all this time but okay do you ever get male clients that will try to diminish what you're saying because you're a female? Oh, yeah. 
All the time, all the time. And sometimes, I mean, it, it'll be hilarious because not only will they diminish what I'm saying because I'm a female, but it'll also be that, you know, if they've spent a significant of time incarcerated already and they've been like going through different lawyers, you know, the jailhouse lawyers become a thing. So now they think that they're a better lawyer than I am because everybody in prison or in jail has already told them how to do their case. And I have to like remind them like, you are not the captain of this ship. Like this is my ship. <laughs> and if you are hiring me to do this job, or if I am court appointed to this job, this is my job to do. Like I will run the appropriate things by you, but you absolutely are not going to, I'm not just going to sit by and watch you do this. Like this is yeah. not, that's not how the how it goes. I mean, it seems like you're very direct in how you speak. Obviously you do it for a living, but it yeah. seems like even as a woman, you can tell that there's, there's something to the way that you present yourself to be like, I am in charge. We're not going to do this. Like it's very kind, but it's very direct. So I can imagine you're quite a force to be reckoned with inside of the courtroom. Have you ever had people, is there ever like a word that comes up when like another lawyer, cause I'm sure everybody talks that like, they know they're going to be going up against you. Like, do you have a, a theme to you yeah if there is one I don't know it could there could be one that's like spoken about that no one's actually told me so I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure about that I know that uh, there are judges that have been like yeah you're a spitfire like we know when like there's a particular <laughs> judge who calls me coach k and he's like man coach k Coach K just walked into my courtroom today. He's like, hey, Coach K, blah, blah, blah. And like, he knows I'm about to just go crazy and like let loose in this courtroom. And he always like really enjoys it. He and I have a very good rapport with one another. But as far as like other like prosecutors and stuff like that, I have no idea whether or not if they talk amongst themselves and say things, it's nothing I know about. Because I feel like for some reason I equate the law to like theater, like how it's the, other actors. It's the same thing. It's like, yeah, it's kind of like a, sh a show in a way. Well, like Stephanie and I are both actors. So that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, it very much is like, especially if you're doing a jury trial. Right. And that's what I do. Like I'm a litigator, so I'm litigating. So if I'm presenting in front of a jury, oh, it is very, there is a element of theatrics to it. You have to keep them awake. You have to keep them alert. You have to keep them engaged. And to do all of that, you have to be walking back and forth in the courtroom, giving eye contact, <laughs> using your hands, you know, describing this and that. You have to be using your tone to be like, this can't be, this is not possible. How could that be? Like, you have to be giving you know what I'm saying? Like, you really have to give in that courtroom. Can we, like, sign up to just watch you? <laughs> I feel <laughs> like I want to just sit in the back and, like, with a bowl of popcorn. popcorn and just, like... I mean, yeah, courts are open. Like, wait, where are you guys actually recording from? We're, We're in, in Florida. Florida. Don't hold it against us. No, I won't. Not at all. I mean, if you guys ever just come to Detroit, yeah, you can walk in the courtroom and sit down. They stopped doing a lot of like Zoom stuff, right? So that was a thing and everyone would be able to like tune in and watch stuff. But for trials and stuff like that now, like they're not even putting them on Zoom anymore for people to like really watch. So will you just like, sense. you just like come in and sit down and like walk into crazy. the courtroom and have a seat and you can just watch what's going on. I do it all the time. Even, even nowadays, like if I'm in a courtroom, or if I'm in the courthouse and I know, you know, because people will be talking, they'll be like, oh, such and such is happening in this other court. Yeah. Like, oh, we got this going on. I'll just pop in there in my in-between time of different cases and I'll watch what's going on. It's very entertaining. Do you find that you learn from the other lawyers? 100%. 100%. And even if it's not, you know, necessarily like 
something legally that I'm learning. You learn strategy, you learn what you like and what you don't like. You can watch a jury and you can watch the lawyers and you can see what's working and what's not working, like their way of presentation. There's so much to learn. It's every day. I have two lawyers in my family. Both are men. When I was growing up, my, he still is. My uncle is a lawyer and he used to be the scariest man to me. Really? Yes. He was frightening. Like, just because he was very structured in how him and my aunt raised their children. So when I would come over, he expected a lot from both my cousins and he would like take them into his office, sit them down and do vocab tests. And like, I'm not the smartest kid in town. I got good grades, but nobody wants me to do a vocabulary test. Right, right. And so he would be like, do you want to join? And I'd be like, no, thanks. So they would like close the door and do vocab tests when I was there. And I was like, wow, this is very advanced for me. So I was very fearful of him. I've since gotten over that fear. He's a lovely man. And then my brother's husband is also a lawyer in New York. He's an entertainment lawyer. And I have, yeah, very exciting. Yes. He works for a very big company. It's, it's very, very cool. But I had this thing because I grew up with my uncle being a lawyer and being fearful of him and like kind of almost putting a wall up between us because I was just scared because lawyers are very smart human beings and I don't think I could battle with one of them, like duke it out. So I was very, very scared. And then once I met my brother's now husband, I also found myself putting up a wall between the two of us because I was like, he's too smart for me. Like, I'm not going to be able to get on his level. But since now almost 10 years of them being together and me getting to know him, of course, that wall has come down. But even within what we've been doing this for about 15 minutes, even in the 15 minutes, I love that you're able, like your person seems to match very well with this thing. I'm not seeing like you putting on like a mask and you become somebody else and you're now lawyer Perna. You're just (laughs) Perna. And I think that's freaking awesome because that's how I teach my students. I'm I'm always like, if you meet me outside of here, I'm just going to be me. The same. No, it's absolutely, that's absolutely how it is. And it's funny because, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. You know, like when I was first, first, first practicing, And I first like started my Instagram page and stuff like that. You know, like I was putting up like funny memes. Like that was my way of like getting clients. I was like, and I was putting up stuff that made me laugh. And I'm reading them right now and they're hysterical. There's one that I was like, they're good. They're really good actually. So, you know, I would go through and like friend all sorts of people. I was just friending everyone because I never had social media until I became a lawyer. So I wasn't interested in it. I just didn't really care. But then once I realized I needed to start marketing my business, I was like, okay, I'm going to use social media. So I started friending people and lawyers would literally come up to me in court and they would be like, oh, you're my Detroit lawyer. I'm like, yeah. They're like, you're so unprofessional online. Like that is, that is so unprofessional. Like the stuff that you're putting up and like the way that you make lawyering seem is so unprofessional. And I was like, bro, lucky for you, you're a lawyer. You don't need to hire me. So you don't need to like, I don't know why you care. Like I'm doing this for clients, not for you. And then like business started coming in, like the phone started ringing, people were hitting me up and they were like, yo, I I like your page and I like the content you put out. Like you're funny and it's relatable. Like the stuff you're putting out there is stuff that I look at and I relate to it. And when I see it, I'm like, yo, that's who I want to hire as my lawyer. Like that girl is on my level. Like I can understand her vibe. She's not this like buttoned up pretentious person who's walking around acting like, you know, some 70 year old lawyer who's been practicing for 63 years or something like that. That's not who I am. 
Like I'm young. I'm like, I like to think I'm funny. I might not be, but you know, that's okay. We think we're hysterical. Like everyone likes to think they're funny. Right. Absolutely. I I do like to think that I am. And at the end of the day, like I'm the type of lawyer that I would, I would want to hire. And when I was in the trouble that I was in, I would have wanted to hire someone like me. So that's kind of like the perception that I, I like for people to get to know who I actually am and not just, oh, I'm your lawyer. Like that's so boring. Well, it also seems too, because I'm looking at your page and I would feel comfortable working with you because you are relatable and because I wouldn't feel like you're trying to just take my money. Like you actually are trying to help me. And that's the difference, right? As you said earlier in the interview that you got in trouble with the law. So you know what that feels like. Why wouldn't I want to hire you? Like to me, it's like, I'm trying to think of like how to relate this, but it's like you go to a professional who has experience in something and who has, who has been in it. So it's like, why would you go to someone who has never experienced the other side? I don't know. To me, it just, cause I see a lot of like full case dismissal, a lot of like, you know, we got all the counts dropped and like, you have a lot of those, like with your clients and you take photos and I'm like, that's so cool. Cause to me, I'd be like, F yeah, this, yeah. this chick's going to take care of me. Like I'm going to be okay. Right. And it it was really funny, actually, because when I was in law school and I was, you know, I had these arrests that I had, I think it was like on my my second arrest, my the dean of my law school, you had to like make the disclosures to to the dean of the school. She was like, all right, listen, like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I don't know why you keep getting arrested. Like, you got to stop. She was like, but in the long run, it's going to be great for your business. Like, she's like, I'm not telling you, like, stop doing it. She's like, but you're going to become very, like, relatable for your clients because there's very few. She was like, I don't know any other kids at school right now that just are getting arrested. She was like, so I don't know what you're doing. Stop doing it. But, like, at least you'll be able to tell people, like, you know what it feels like to be in cuffs. You know what it feels like to be in jail. Like, you know what that feels like. She was like, so don't be too down on yourself, but, you know, get in line, basically. And turns out she was right. Yeah. It's just, I think you're coming at it from such like a non-egotistical way. Mm-hmm. You know, you just, you seem like somebody that I would like, I don't drink, but that I would like want to go get a beer with, right? That's what people say. You seem right. so related, but I want to go get a beer with you. So I think that's really lovely because I think people do, because you are a lawyer, it's like a doctor in a lot of ways or anybody that has some sort of higher status than you have. You feel uncomfortable sometimes because they are a little bit of a notch above you, right? And you're like, well, I should lie so that they see me a certain way. Absolutely. But in your case, like you said earlier, you really can't have that happen because it's just more work for you in the long run. And it's yeah. silly for them because then they're, I'm sure, paying you more money for doing more work because more hours. And it just puts them in such a risky position. And that's yeah. the thing I have to explain to them is like, they're like literally lying to me puts you in a bad spot. Like I'm going to do my job and I'm fighting and we're going to go to war. But if we go to war and you haven't armored me up the way I need to be armored up, that's your loss. Like it's our loss, but ultimately who's really paying the price on this? It's you. So you should probably just not do that. Like that's a waste of your time. Yeah. And I'm I'm sure because you, you set that up where it, it's not just like, I am on top of you and I'm talking down to you. Like that was always something I really didn't like and I still don't like it. And yeah. that's something I try not to do in my classroom to my students. 
I think since you're probably meeting them at their level, they feel more comfortable sharing and maybe not lying or lying. And then like at the end of it being like, you know what? I shouldn't have done that. Let me retract that information. This is what actually, I'm so sorry. I just need to make sure you were cool. You're super cool. All right, let's get to it. And that is like nine times out of 10 for the ones that have lied. That's generally how it goes. They might start off by telling me that, but then within a week, a week and a half, they're like, all right, P, I got to come clean. Like, this is actually what it is. And I'm like, okay, like, you didn't think I was going to find that out? I was definitely going to find that out. Like, okay. <laughs> so, okay. So we talked about going to war in the courtroom. And oh, yeah. immediately, I think to myself, as a woman, you have got to come up against some real BS. So do you find that you get treated any differently being a woman? And like, how does it feel to be a woman in this field? So definitely it's a, it's a male dominated field. There are for sure a lot of women that are coming into this and that are, that are doing this, but generally speaking, there are more men that do this. And more often than not, you're going up against a man when you're going to trial, it's going to be a male prosecutor. There are a lot, plenty of women prosecutors, but just statistically wise, there's just more men. And then, you know, especially if you're coming up against an, an older lawyer, there is that stigma of, you know, they, number one, they're older than you. Number two, they're a man. They're definitely coming at you with an attitude and feeling like they're far superior than you. And it's just something that comes with the territory of being a woman. And quite frankly, sometimes you can play into that really beautifully. Like you can really like, there will be times where I will just completely walk around and act oblivious. Like, I don't know what is going on. Like I am a fresh out of law school lawyer. I have no clue what's going on. I'll be like fumbling my papers. I'm just giving, I'm letting them think like, oh, I'm about to eat her. I'm about to eat her alive on this case lets their guard down, right? Like their guard is coming down. They don't think they have to concentrate as hard. They're just like, oh, this is a cakewalk. And I'll just get up there and I'll be all nervous and blah, blah, blah. And I hit you with the good morning. And then I'm launching into cross-exam questions. And all of a sudden they're looking like, oh, wait, what? What just happened? And I'm like, yeah, right. That just happened. That's what just happened. Like you definitely thought that I was just some young, stupid lawyer who just is doing this, just trying to be funny and cute. No, I just let you think that because that was the attitude that you were giving me. I'm just letting you receive this real energy right here. That definitely happens. That's, I love I, that. I feel that energetic <laughs> surge through the screen and with you. Absolutely. So amazing. I love that because- Sometimes it is that, right? Using this thing, especially for that older generation. Oh, yeah. We, oh, yeah. we, we had just spoken to a month ago, our, our very new friend, Stephanie Rose, who's a police officer. And we're, we're asking similar questions because in that field as well, it, it's male dominated mostly. And when you think of a female cop, there are certain characteristics that you think of, I think that often get associated. And I'm sure the same thing for a female lawyer, people already have assumptions before you even open your mouth just because of your gender and how you show up. So I just think it's, it's so interesting, this like old versus new mentality, because she had mentioned it too. But I love the fact that you're playing into it, this idea of being like doe-eyed and sweet and sincere to let to get them to let their guard down so that you go in for the kill. I think that is so smart. And that's the beautiful thing about being a woman, because that's, I think, where our power comes from is that 
men typically look down on us. They think we are less than. So mm-hmm. not as smart play, as them. Yeah. Exactly. So if we can play into that and then, you know, kind of show them up in a way, I, I, I'm all about that. I think that is so cool. <laughs> I just, that's why I want to be in the courtroom to watch you do that. Cause I could imagine their eyes like falling out of their head, like a cartoon. They get like huge and, they, and then they definitely out. get surprised. They're like, Oh, wasn't expecting that. And I'm like, yeah, no further questions. And I'll sit down and now I'm just waiting to see what happens. Like, okay. <laughs> My God. You ever just like lean over and be like, I like your tie. And then right. just like really, really throw them off, you know? Right. <laughs> But I'm sure there's some older lawyers, like older gentlemen who would be like, oh, nice. She's coming you know on I mean? to me. He's like, I'm retiring anyway, you know, <laughs> come into it. That is really, really good. I love that because it is it's one of our strongest parts is is this idea that people think that we're not as tough as we are. So to use that against somebody is so smart, especially in that case. I like to think it's smart. Like, again, I. I sometimes have good ideas. (laughs) So what do you find is the hardest thing you face on the job? Ooh, you know, the job is for for lawyers who really care and really, really care about their job and really care about doing right by their clients. The emotional toll that it takes to do this job is huge for me. I don't know if everyone would agree with me, but for me, that is the hardest part about the job is, and you know, they always say like, oh, don't take your work home with you and don't get so invested. For the type of person that I am, it is impossible for me to not be invested. It is impossible for me to not take it home. It is impossible for me to not feel for these clients. Like the the rates of wrongful incarceration are so high. And I see that every day when I walk into court. And to know what jail is and to know what prison is and to see these people have to go there and to know that the penalty that they're paying is not even near what what they may have actually done. Because let's say they say you did A through C. You might have really only done A, but they're going to hit you with A through C, right? And now you're going to prison for, you know, 20 years, 25 years, 35 years, et cetera, et cetera. Like that is the hardest part of the job. I don't feel like you can do this job and do it justice, like do right by this job if you don't feel that level of emotion or that level of attachment to each and every single one of the cases. Do you work on multiple cases at the same time? Oh yeah, 100%. Jesus, my brain can't compute that I'd be able to even think about multiple things. So good for you. (laughs) Thanks. Yeah. Like we were saying earlier, a lawyer and an actor are very, very similar in how we work and manipulate emotions in a lot of ways and how we're able to express ourselves. I have a friend who literally has made her her life. She does improv for lawyers is the class that she teaches. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah, in Philadelphia. It's, ama- it's amazing. She says it's really awesome to have them because they're so eager and it helps them in the courtroom because you're constantly improving based on whatever's happening. She was like, so, absolutely. Yeah, she's literally made her life doing that. But like, Part of acting is taking on, of course, literally wearing somebody else's shoes and emoting for them and letting them kind of speak through you is always how I like to say it is. It is very heavy. 
it can be very heavy. And depending upon the character that you were playing, it can be even heavier if you're dealing with somebody who has had an emotional breakdown or somebody that has some sort of trauma going on within their life. So like, I know what I do for for myself to take care of my own brain, but how do you do that then? Because being emotional humans, it is difficult sometimes to separate yourself from that. I don't really have a good answer for that, honestly. I don't really know what I do because this is also the type of job where it's like, there's no set hours, right? There's set hours for court, but there's no set hours for being a lawyer. So you can get a call at two o'clock in the morning and someone just got locked up and they need their lawyer to come see them. They want to retain you, whatever. So you're working 24 hours a day, seven days a week, just around the clock. There is no such thing as a day off because the law doesn't stop, right? People are getting arrested all the time. Things are happening all the time. So I guess like the thing that I try to do for myself is like save up money and go on vacations. So then I can really like actually turn off because then I can like answer the phone and be like, hey, I'm not even in the state of Michigan right now. So I wouldn't be able to help you no matter what the circumstance is. Like, I'm sorry. I can recommend someone for you, but I, I'm not showing up. Like that for me is like the only actual time where my brain turns off. But when I go on vacation, my brain turns off. Like I am like, yeah, no, I'm not doing this. Like that's the only time I can really feel like it really can. Cause otherwise, you know, things are shaking and moving around here. Like it, there's no real time to really process every single emotion that comes with this job. I think it's just, you, you got to just push it to the back of your head, let the next one come in, push that one to the back. Let the, like, it's just an ever moving process. God, I must be very hard and, and heavy. So I hope you go on vacation a lot because you deserve it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So then we were just talking about it being a 24-7 job. I mean, part of our job now too, just like you, is promoting yourself on social media. And as we know, that is also a 24-7 job. Social yes. media never sleeps. And so like, how does this affect your daily life? Can you date? Can you go grocery shopping, holidays? Like what, how are you just living on a day-to-day -day basis? I am a real homebody. Like, and when I say that, I mean, like, I am a real homebody. Like, I don't go out often. I get, like, Instacart. I get DoorDash. I get, like, Amazon packages. Like, everything that I do, I try to confine it to my home. I even recently found out today that on DoorDash, they do, like, $1, like, UPS and FedEx pickups from your house if you have to, like, return packages. I was like, I would spend a dollar to do that. Like, that is yet another reason I wouldn't have to leave my house. Like, I look for opportunities to not go anywhere. Fair. Dating, I mean, I, I was in a relationship, like, a couple of years ago. Didn't last very long. Dating is hard because there's not a lot of time. And then there's not a lot of quality out here either in these streets. So there's that. Oh, <laughs> I know that's I, right. Okay. So, but then, yeah, it's just difficult because there's literally like time is just, there's not much of it. And the time that I do get where I'm not really doing much, I like to just sit at home. Like I'm not going out and meeting people. And like, I don't really like going out. I'm like, oh, I like being at home. I like my dogs. And like, I have a couple friends. They'll come over and chill. I'll maybe go to their house. But that's the most that I really do as far as like socializing goes. I'm a pretty boring person outside of work. But that's cool for me. I mean, you're speaking the same language. I feel like if we live closer, I would probably be oh, one of those people. 
Cause yeah. I just, I literally, the minute that I get home, I'm like pajama time. So I'll just like yes. undress and I'm like, I'm ready. It could be three o'clock in the afternoon. I don't care. 11 o'clock. I finish my day pajama time. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. I want to be home. I like being home. It's a lovely place. My couch, it has a butt indent just for me and it, and it's singing my name. Yep. I, I'm the same way. So I probably should make more of an effort to do more social things, but I don't. It was actually really funny because last week I went to a judge friend of mine had this like investiture, which is like he had his robing ceremony and everything. He just became a judge. And there was a prosecutor there, like this younger prosecutor who was talking to me and he was like, do you know so-and-so? Like, do you know this person? Do you know that person? And I was like, hey man, I don't really know anyone. I was like, I come to court, I do my court thing and then I go home. Like, I don't socialize much. I was like, I don't. he was like, you don't go networking? And I was like, no. I was like, I don't. He was like, you need to go networking. Like, you need to network with these people and blah, blah, blah. I was like, my networking is on social media for new clients to find me. Like, I consider that to be the level of networking that's necessary for me to get the job done. Like, I do have many lawyer friends, but you know, like we'll go out to the bar and get drinks and stuff like that. But as far as like large lawyering events and like networking events, I'm really, that's not my cup of tea. What the hell else would you need another lawyer for? I don't, to me, it's like, like you're trying to find a client to make money. Why would you be going to another lawyer? I guess for them, if they can't take the job, but yeah. And I have people that like, if they can't, I know enough people where that's fine. That's why I kind of also, that's crazy because I was just having this conversation the other day with someone after that investiture thing where I was like, I don't get why it's like so important for me to go network with other lawyers. Like I I feel like my time is best spent networking to new clients. That's what I should be doing. Like, you guys want to go all hang out like a group of lawyers. That's cool. I have nothing against that. I would rather go hit like the corner store and be like, hey, y'all, walk in there, pass my card out, and then walk out. Like, that's more in line with what I would do. I send Stephanie out for networking things. It's not my cup of tea. She's fabulous at it. Yeah, that's, but that's smart. And that's what I do too. Like, there are certain events where it's interesting. So I'm in the beauty industry and I notice that sometimes we'll go to these events and I'm like, hold on. Hank has something to say. Let me just let him. <laughs> he just wanted to to let you know. <laughs> he also is in the beauty industry. Create or behave outside of it. Just pick one. He's like, I don't um, want to. No, he's like, I would like to recap it. He might be calling you because he's been locked up tonight. So. Oh, yeah. That's Hank's going to. You get a phone call from a dog. <laughs> you get a phone call, just a dog barking. And I'm just like, who is that? But yeah, so I'm in the beauty industry and I notice that sometimes we'll go to these gatherings and I'm like, dude, everybody else is in the beauty industry. Like I get it, but also we're just networking with each other, which is like an influencer thing, but that's not really doing anything for my bank account. So right. it's like, I don't really get, like I get it, but I get it to a certain extent. And then it's like, I'm not, I'm not getting clients from this. Like I'm meeting people. That's great. My following's going up, but I'm not getting clients from it. So to me, it's like pick your poison with stuff like that. Absolutely. I agree with you a thousand percent. And I'm not saying I'm I'm like opposed to it. Like, yeah, for sure. Should I do it a little bit more? Sure. Why not? I should. Am I going to though? So so since we're like giving it, it almost feels like we're we're kind of giving advice in, in a way. So what would you say? to the next generation of female lawyers or young girls who want to become a lawyer? First of all, stay, stay on the path. Like it is a, it is a long, tedious path, not as long as being a doctor. So, you know what I mean? Definitely less time investment, but 
biggest thing I think I would say would be don't fear going out on your own and starting your own thing. You know, like I did that. And when I was doing that, like straight out of law school, I was like, okay, I'm going to start my own law firm now. And my dad was like, with what money? He was like, well, how are you going to start a law firm? I was like, just going to do it. I was like, I don't really need that much money. Like I just need a computer and I already have a bar card. Like I can go to court. I was like, I just need a computer now so I can just make a social media and then tell people to hire me. And then he's like, no one's going to hire you. Like, you're going to be broke. He was like, nobody knows you. Like, what are you doing? I was like, no, I'll be good. And yeah, it was, it was a grind. Right. And it was, it was a real hustle. Like you have to get up at the crack of dawn. You have to get on your grind. You have to go to court. You have to walk around. You have to, you know, hand out cards to clients. You have to be going out to places to meet clients and to give your card out and really be like, Hey, follow me on social media. I'll follow you, blah, 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 blah. Like that type of thing. And it wasn't by any means an overnight thing. And I would just want new lawyers to know, like there is a level of persistence that you have to have. And you have to have, like, you have to follow through on that perseverance thing. Like, it's not going to happen overnight. Your phone's not going to ring overnight. Because quite frankly, you're not going to have the experience overnight for someone to be comfortable handing their life over to you, right? You got to prove yourself. And that comes with doing the work. That comes with grinding it out. That comes with getting on court appointed lists and getting clients so you can start figuring out how to do things. Like, nothing is going to just be handed to you. You got to work for it. But when you do work for it, the payoff will be awesome. It will. And when I say payoff, I don't mean like monetarily. I mean like the way that you're going to feel about yourself and the work you're doing and the gratitude that the client is going to have once their case is done is phenomenal. Like it's absolutely phenomenal. There's nothing that compares to it. But I think in today's world, we live in such an instant gratification world where everybody just expects, you know, the level of entitlement that people have is exponentially high these days. And they don't want to put the work in they don't want to invest the time that it takes to to do this like don't expect that someone's going to trust you just because you have the the title of a lawyer it's not how it works it's still their life and just don't get discouraged by it i guess is what i would say do you remember your first case yes i do was it a man slipping on a potato at costco no my first case i ever did was a guy who was allegedly forging money yeah they said he was like making counterfeit money or whatever and a juicy one it was it was pretty good so I remember that we were walking into court and we were doing like don't even recall what like we were actually there for I don't remember whether it was like his PCC or his preliminary exam I don't remember what stage we were at but we're sitting in the hallway and quite frankly I had no idea what I was doing right like I was just like I mean I had an idea of what I was doing but not really because the actual practice of law is not something they teach you in law school right it's not something that you do to prepare for the bar like you actually have to go out there and do it to know what you're doing so I don't exactly remember what stage we were in but we were in some stage of this proceeding and we're in the hallway and I'm kind of just like thinking about what I'm going to say and what I'm going to do when I walk in this courtroom. And the client is just talking to me and he's like, so like, how many times have you done this before? He was like, like, well, he was like, what is today going to consist of? And I was like, okay, so I'm trying to think of what it's actually going to consist of. I'm like, okay, what are we here for? I'm like, all right, so this is what I think is going to happen. And I'm like telling him and he's like, so like, how many times have you done this before? He was like, you've done this, like, like how many wins do you have? And I was like, so you want me to be honest? <laughs> he was like, yeah. I was like, this is going to be my first time. He was like, yo, are you serious? He was like, you are playing with my life right now. He was like, this is your first time. I was like, calm down, calm down. 
I was like, this is my first time, but I'm going to walk in there and I'm going to tell them it's my first time. And so they'll go easy on us right now because they'll know that I have no idea what I'm doing right now. And he was like, that's the strategy. He's like, that is like the worst strategy I've ever heard. He's like, why would you, what are you doing? He's like, is it too late for me to get a new lawyer? I was like, kind of, because we're here right now. I was like, so just trust me, like just roll with me on this. This guy was like sweating bullets when we're walking in there, right? He's just like, what have I gotten myself into with this woman? And I'm just walking in there like, hi, everyone. I was like, I'll walk over to the prosecutor. I'm like, just want to let you know, I'm a brand new lawyer, have no idea what I'm doing here today. I was like, so this is my client. I was like, gonna need you to tell me what today is all about and what it is that I need to do. And she was like, okay. She was really nice about it. Like tells me everything. She's like, okay, this is what today is. Blah, 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 blah. She was like, why don't you sit down and watch a couple people do this? Then you'll know like what needs to be done. I was like, okay, great. So I walk over to the clerk and I tell the clerk, I'm like, hi, new lawyer. I have a client here. No clue what I'm doing. Like don't know at all what any of this is about. I was like, and this guy is sweating bullets. I was like, so I got to be able to like figure out what's happening here. I was like, so the prosecutor told me to just sit down for a little bit and watch what's going on before they call my case. She's like, yeah, do you want to go talk to the judge really quickly? And I was like, yeah, okay. Like, I, I didn't know why. I was like, I don't know why I would do that, but sure. So she like puts me in chambers with the judge and I was like, Hey, so new lawyer, go through the whole thing with him too. And he was like, okay, great. He was like, so I'll definitely know that you have no idea what's going on right now. He's like, no, don't worry. We'll take it easy on you, blah, blah, blah. So I come back out and I tell the client, I'm like, they're going to take it easy on us. Like everyone in here now knows that I have no idea what's going on. And this guy was still like, he's just sitting there like, this is the worst day of my life. Like, how did I end up with this woman of all people? He's like, I hired you because your name is my Detroit lawyer. Like I, your name should be new my Detroit lawyer. Like I have no idea what I'm doing. And I was like, bro, chill out. Like I got this. Long story short, worked out amazingly. Like the judge was super easy on me. The prosecutor was super easy. They gave us like a great deal. And we were like in and out of there. And this guy was like, wow, that actually worked. He was like, I cannot believe that you going in there and just telling everyone in the courtroom, you were just announcing to the courtroom that you had no idea what the hell was going on. He was like, that actually worked. I was like, yes. And I will continue to do that until I do actually know what's going on. But one day I'll figure it out. That's kind of smart because I think in a way you were able to see that was your first time using a strategy and it worked. And, you know, everybody starts somewhere. I would rather want to know that someone's new and they're learning than someone's been in this for years and years and years and they suck. And then you're like, what the hell are you even here for? Like, quit, please retire, you know? Right. And honestly, like, so for my first probably like year, year and a half of practice, like that is what I was doing. I was walking into courtrooms and I was telling everyone there, that I'm brand new and I have no idea what I'm doing. And quite frankly, everyone was really nice about it. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody was rude about it. Nobody was like, all right, we'll figure it out. They were like, okay, this is what you need to do. Like you're here now. This is what this is what this proceeding is. This is what you say. This is what you do, blah, 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 blah. And it was really hard, especially like being a defense attorney because you're walking in with nobody, right? You're walking in with your client. I can't turn to them and be like, so what do I say? right? But with prosecutors, you're in a whole building of other prosecutors. You guys can all ask each other what's going on. I was walking in. So I was just like, full disclosure, everyone, judge, clerk, prosecutor. I don't know what's going on right now. Like we are walking in here, figuring it out. And people were really cool about it. And then then I got the hang of it. And now I'm like, oh, okay, now I know. Now it's such a good life lesson. I always tell my, my students, I'm never going to lie to you. If you ask me a question, I don't know the answer. I'm going to say, I don't know the answer. Let's 100%. look it up together because I don't like 
lying. I think it's really silly because it doesn't do you a service and it doesn't do me a service. No, not at all. It, it's better for you guys to all know, like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Even nowadays, like if, if a client called me with just like a really weird issue, you know what I mean? Like something that I'm just like, I don't know, I got to look that up. Like, let me look it up and see what's going on here. And then let me call you back. And I'm gonna sit there and research it, call around to other lawyers that I know and be like, yo, what do you think about this? Like, I've never even heard of this before. And operate like that. There's, there's never going to be a day where I know every law or I know every single thing about everything going on. Like that's impossible to know. And I quite frankly, just wouldn't know that. So I like that aspect on life because there's, there's no way for us to know everything. No. And there's so much power in saying, I don't know. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. So I, I, I love that. Wow. Well, this conversation has just been so lovely. You have broken every stigma that I had in my little brain of what a lawyer could be. So thank you. Cause little Emily like, Oh, see your uncle wasn't scary. He was just a lawyer. That didn't mean he was scary. That's a great shirt. I'm what? not scary. I'm not scary. I'm, I'm a, a lawyer. lawyer. That is actually, I would probably rock that. So you have definitely empowered us. I know that you've empowered our listeners. So I want to know what women empowerment means to you. Women empowerment means to me uniting with each other. Definitely not, you know, brushing each other off, uniting with one another, not being scared, stand on what you say, speak loudly. Don't let anyone tell you it's not about, it's not happening or blah, blah, blah. Don't let anyone not take you seriously. We know what it is to be a woman. We know what it is to be the underdog of pretty much everything, right? Like we know what that is. So it's really about standing 10 toes down and being firm. Like when you say something, you mean it and you make the other person live up to whatever it is that you're saying because you deserve it and know what, know what you're worth, know what you deserve and unite with one another and lift each other up and just be positive and work hard. That's what women empowerment is to me. Oh, I love that. All right. My last question for you. What advice would you give your 15 year old self? <laughs> so much. <laughs> So many things. What advice would I give to my 15 year old self? I would tell myself to be patient with myself. There were so many times in my life where I was in such a rush to get to the next place, the next place, the next place, the next place that I should have just chilled out a little bit more and just been like, you know what, this is life. Life is rocky. Life is turbulent. Life is ever changing. Like no matter how much you rush or how much you try to control things, you're never going to like, you got to just let it be what it's going to be. And so just calm down and just be on the road. Like it's going to turn, it's going to have twists and turns, but just you'll be all right at the end. That would have been the advice I gave to myself. Mm, I needed to hear that too, man. I was like, let's speed things up and go like 10 years in the future. I'll be married and have kids and like, no. Yeah. I was hundred percent just like that too. Yeah. Eh, society. What can we say? Right. Hopefully we're breaking that for the next generation of, of young women that they don't have to do it that way. They can do whatever they want in whatever order they want to do it in. I would love to believe that too. So this, honest to God, probably makes my top five. I really? love this interview. It was fabulous. Oh, for absolute sure. Top five. I of, already of knew that Stephanie time. was going to like call me or send me a text message after to be yeah, like, it's, oh because my God. it was so, it was so off the cuff. 
Mm -hmm. and it felt the most organic and it really speaks to who you are as a lawyer because it was it just you were able to really talk and nothing felt forced and everything felt very comfortable so like I can only imagine what you're like in the courtroom I know where to find you and if anyone's listening that is from my romantic past there's probably some sort of prison sentence because I love felons so where can where can anybody listening find you right? They might need you. All of Stephanie's exes. (laughs) That's hilarious. No, I'm on Instagram as My Detroit Lawyer. I'm on the internet as My Detroit Lawyer. I'm on Facebook as My Detroit Lawyer. Pretty much everywhere that a person is findable. Not everywhere. I don't know. I have My Detroit Lawyer everywhere. This is my, my thing. So... I love it. I think, and it's so, it's so easy and clean. And I, I just, I love everything about it. I'll put all the proper links below. Everyone, please, please, please go check out My Detroit Lawyer. Your memes are really funny. So like keep scrolling down for anyone that's looking at her Instagram because they get funnier <laughs> as you go down further. It's it's fabulous. Thank you. Thank you so much for all of this. I mean, I really like, I can't even begin to tell you like how absolutely fabulous this was. It was so exciting. What just a way so to exci- start our week. And if we're in- we're in the area, you bet your bottom dollar, we will be coming to sit with and watch potatoes. You. Oh, for sure. Yes. With potatoes. Please do. Anytime. You guys are always welcome. Amazing. I can't wait. Perna, I just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This, like Steph said, this was so beautiful. I know that people are going to enjoy this. This has been something that a lot of our listeners have been asking for. And I know you did not disappoint them at all. So for those of you that may not know who we are, like Stephanie once said that I laughed and she laughed. Are you hiding under a rock? It was a very funny joke. I liked it, Stephanie. So I'll steal Stephanie's joke. But we are Cycle Chats. You can find us on Instagram at Cycle Chats, all lowercase, no space, or on our website, www.cyclechats.com, which is going through a little bit of a, a rebrand right now as we are. So don't mind our kerfuffled website at the moment. It looks a little crazy, but we're getting there. We're almost there, almost to the other side of this rebrand. And if you want to listen to more of our episodes, please go ahead and do that. Right now, we have an amazing episode out for Cycle Swaps with Janae from My Naked Mindset. So if you've not checked out her episode, I strongly recommend it. We have a really fun conversation about dating and life and podcasting, and it's just a good conversation all around. So as always, we hope you sync up with us next time. (laughs) 